Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. It was the night before the hockey and all through the league. Not a player was resting, not one even fatigued. Their socks were hung by their lockers with care in hopes that opening night soon would be there. The players were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of five holes danced in their heads. And Hughes with his roids and Crosby in his pampers had just settled their brains for a short winter slumber. When out on the ice, they heard hockey stops. They sprang from their beds to see what was up. Away to the glass, they flew like a rocket. They tore through the locker room and busted in like Rick Tockett. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but an Igor glove save on Barzell so dear. Igor spoke no English and went right to his work. And he made a kick save and glove save on that jerk. Giving a nod and a wink of his eye, he showed Barzy the puck in his glove with a sigh. But I heard him explain as he drove out of sight, Igra Nichalas, which in Russian means game on. Let's talk devils and islanders. Let's talk penguins and rangers. But let's not talk about flyers because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Latest episode of Friends and Rivals podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. Along with me, as always, are Stephen Wojtowicz, Bill Fougere, Nick Larita. Uh, wonderful. Still keeping up with the last names. You sure oh, is a question. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been meaning to do that the last few weeks. I keep forgetting to do it. <laughs> well, boys, I have a little, a little poem for you on the eve of hockey. Tell is us a bedtime ready? story, Daddy. Oh, Tell us a bedtime story, please. It's, it's a good one. The holiday season got me into this one. So here we go. Twas the night before the hockey and all through the league. Not a player was resting. Not one even fatigued. Their socks were hung by their lockers with care in hopes that opening night soon would be there. The players were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of five holes danced in their heads. And Hughes with his roids and Crosby in his pampers had just settled their brains for a short winter slumber. When out on the ice, they heard hockey stops. They sprang from their beds to see what was up. Away to the glass, they flew like a rocket. They tore through the locker room and busted in like Rick Tockett. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but an Igor glove save on Barzell so dear. Igor spoke no English and went right to his work. And he made a kick save and glove save on that jerk. Giving a nod and a wink of his eye, he showed Barzy the puck in his glove with a sigh. But I heard him explain as he drove out of sight, Igra Nichalas, which in Russian means game on. Thank you, boys. I, I could have done that without my trusty assistant, Bill Fougere. <laughs> Billy, thank you very much well, for well making, making it sound better. Punched it up. He punched it up a little bit. <laughs> he, he definitely made it sound better for sure. Nice. Steve, Steve, can you do that kid's voice that you did right before he started again? Yes. What do you want me to say, Billy? It doesn't matter because it's really working for me. <laughs> just keep going. I just five more minutes. Can you just put it on the table for me to see? I know. Can you? Why is he Please? spitting at me, Billy? <laughs> so tomorrow we get hockey. Thank God. Thank First God. game, Flyers. 
Flyers, Penguins, 5.30, NBC Sports. Cannot wait. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck, Fuck Flyers. the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Oh, jazzy. Love it. Yeah, really. I mean, feeling jazzy. Question mark name. Now with the jazzy fl- fuck the flyers. I mean, <laughs> we got a special hey, I name I mean, tonight. I got a, get all. It goes without oh. saying, but watching these games this year is really going to be tough because there's never going to be a night where I want to root for anybody in those Eastern Division games. Like, I, I don't want to root for Philly tomorrow, but I don't want to root uh, for Pittsburgh. I, I never want to root for Philly. Ever want to root for Philly? Do you ever so want to root for a, Pittsburgh? When they're playing the Flyers? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. It, I'm rooting for the Devils thing. when they're playing the Flyers. Yeah. I'm rooting for all like the teams it. when they're playing the Flyers. Absolutely. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck, fuck the Flyers. But that's okay. You don't have to return the favor. That's that's your call. You're your own person. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm going to root for the Penguins. I don't want to, but I'm going to. Oh, thank Christ. Isn't that like an interesting thing? I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's good for you guys that I'm that I want to root for the Penguins. You know my jinx. Well, just put a five dollar bet on the Flyers, and we're all good. Maybe I will do that. What's what's five dollars on the Flyers every game for the whole season, Bill? What's that work out to be? Come on, quick, go. Two hundred eighty dollars. Two hundred eighty dollars for for the Flyers to lose every game. I think it's a, a worthy investment. I I, I I might even chip in if that happens. I'll let sure. you take the first ten though. I'll let you take the first 10 just to see if it's going to happen. Just to see if it's working. Good. Call. Yeah, 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 no doubt. No reason to give you money on unnecessarily. So we can review time. Uh, Penguins got the first game. Billy, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, Penguins, uh, well, finished up training camp. They, they did have a bit of an incident or, well, they, they got shut down on Saturday for out of a, a quote unquote abundance of caution uh, over a, a COVID exposure possible COVID exposure so they did take a nice day off there on Saturday but they were back in action closing out camp uh uh I think earlier today I think they had a practice and uh um looks like they're they've, they've broken camp the lines are set you know the, the only guy that they don't have is uh is Kapanen uh still going to be another few days before he gets to join the rest of the group but they've figured out their roster their their taxi squad uh their their lines I, going into tomorrow and ready to go I forgot. Is Kapanen have the have COVID or does he have some sort of injury? No, it was the problem with his Mastercard. It was a problem <laughs> with his Mastercard right. coming in from overseas and then he couldn't make <laughs> it over here. I wasn't even trying for that joke, but you're right. <laughs> it was that. But hey, we I think we got to give a, a lot of props to all the NHL clubs out there because they've released their their data on their COVID testing, and over 1,200 tests were were, oh. were performed, and 27 people. Out of those twelve hundred and seventeen on the Dallas Stars, I mean, I think that's a. Yeah, I was gonna good, say, let's give credit to number. every team except Dallas. Well, <laughs> except the Dallas Stars, you, you are correct about that. But hey, uh, the Penguins did the right thing by closing their facility down just to protect against it. They did the right thing, regardless of what anybody says. Um, but all props to all of the NHL clubs out there for uh, for avoiding the Corona, except the Stars. Except the Stars and except the Flyers, because fuck the Flyers. Oh, fuck the Flyers. Of course. I would never wish Corona on anybody, ever. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but if there was a team that just absolutely had to. <laughs> I mean, if, I if mean... we had to say one team, it'd probably be in our division. Yeah, but no, we, but no, definitely not. We don't want to see that. Maybe Gritty gets it first. <laughs> no? Gritty's patient zero, dude. <laughs> Is he? He ate the bat? There was no Corona before there was a Gritty, that's for sure. There you go. Wow. 
That is for sure. Man, is is that all that happened with the Penguins? Well, uh, I could go into the I can go into the line combinations. That's about because that's about all that's going on. Uh, so, well, I think we're going to save that for the season preview, right? Yeah. So no, that's so. yeah, that's pretty much our week. Nick, New York Islanders, you had a uh, pretty uneventful week, right? Mostly. Um, Barzal signed, so, you know, I was last week, though, so we're all good. No, we, yes. we haven't talked about it yet on this podcast. Yeah, we haven't talked about it a year, yeah. No. Oh, shit, we didn't? I thought we no. did. No, we talked no. about last week? No. I, I, I mean, I, I, I thought I gave you a good lead in there, but maybe maybe I'll work on it next time. All right. Well, <laughs> apparently I forgot what day it was uh yeah that was so, an alley oop that was slam dunked off the back of the fucking rim yeah <laughs> that was fucking great um so yeah we signed our franchise player that was a pretty important thing i thought it was last week but uh you know these days just keep flying by so andy green yeah andy green no uh, one year martin maddie ice uh yeah he as well um so barzal three years seven mil cap hit Bridge deal gets uh, back into RFA one year left in his uh, as a one year one year left of RFA at the end of the deal. So you know I think it's a pretty decent bridge deal. I thought it'd be around eight mil, but uh, arbitration year, eligible but, at the end of it, right? That last year is arbitration. Yeah, I believe so. Like I, I I think we can all agree that he's not getting to that arbitration hearing or anything else like that, and he's no. gonna he's gonna sign a, a longer term deal, hopefully at more money. <laughs> um. So they the talked, they talked a six year deal was the original discussions and they couldn't make it work because of those prize worth cap. Um, we couldn't find a buyer for a um, number of guys that no one's got money to, to, to take. That's the problem. Normally you probably will find a buyer for Komarov or, or Hickey because their cap hits are not very high, but nobody's buying right now. Everyone's basically at the same, either in a same similar situation or they're just, they don't want to make a lot of moves right now until the end of the year and see how things go flat cap for the next couple of years. So I think you're going to see a lot of really interesting maneuvers, especially next year for the aisles. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of incentive from all the teams, not named Seattle, trying to pawn off any bad deals they can to Seattle. I think that's going to be a key thing for pretty much a number of teams. So that was so we signed him. Uh, obviously, like I said, they, they they couldn't make six deal year deal work out, which is kind of I think why it took so long to get him signed. There was never any, any animosity between him and and his agent and and the team. They were very much they wanted to play. They were just trying to knock out the longer deal. The talk was it was going to be like I think around a little little more. I think we I thought it was going to probably be around like nine nine and a half a year if they got to six years. Maybe buying three years UFA so um, or four years or two years UFA uh, if, if they went to that deal, a six-year deal. So I think at this point, though, it's pretty good bridge deal. He'll get a chance to prove himself to be a top guy. And if he doesn't uh, have those numbers, then, you know, the, the gamble won't pay off. But uh, And his deal won't be like a 12 to $14 million deal. But I think he'll still get a pretty good deal when all things are said and done, even in like a, this kind of system with, uh, with Trotz um, as a coach, more defensive-minded. Um, but I think he's still going to probably end up in the 10 to 12 range uh, once all said and done, you know, for a longer time, longer term. I don't know. We'll see. I, th- I it, dude, I th- it's absolutely going to be higher. I think this was a little penny wise yeah. dollar foolish and, and, and not saving yourself three years of 13 to $14 million and, and, you know, paying him at an average salary of $9 million for three additional years. 
I, it's it's I get what their cap position is, but it's something you got to do. Something you got to do. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. It depends what happens at the end of the the, the in three years. What's the cap going to look like? And I think a lot of teams are going to have to. I mean, every year, every time this happens, right? Same deal. Every team's like, yeah, cap, bring cap problems, and then they get the cap get cap relief. They put the cap goes up, and then they all do the same dumb shit and give you know worse deals to even more mediocre players like Andrew Ladd. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things where you got to, you know, hopefully just hope out, hope that it works out well in the long run. Outside of nobody, that, uh, nobody claimed him off of waivers, did they? <laughs> no. Uh, Andrew Ladd? Ladd? No, Ladd, Ladd was on, on waivers no. uh, two no, days ago. No. Nobody's been claimed. There's, there <laughs> were some, some guys got claimed in the NHL, but, you know, I don't think many guys that were claimed. I didn't look at any of the cap hits or any of the guys that got claimed, but, um, none of the aisles. They were, they were all, me. they were all very minor, minor deals. Yeah. I, it looked like it. I, I would imagine. So, um, so yeah, everybody, we had a whole bunch of guys go through the waivers. Komarov went through waivers today. Um, you know, there's no, no one's taking those guys. Uh, essentially, uh, one of the thing was, uh, Casey Zekas got what well, looked like got hurt in one of the, the, uh, last scrimmage before the, the, um, season started. Um, and uh, it turns out, like, he was, he's okay skating today. It was uh, two days ago. So it was a little, little worrisome because you're like, well, that's not great. Arm, hand thing, you know, skates off, the, you know, it doesn't come back in. But skating again today, hopefully, the good thing is just uh, probably a stinger or something. But, you know, they're not, there's like no information about injuries. There's no video of the scrimmage. So it's kind of like a dead week. And I'm kind of glad this is the last day of it because it's been like so bizarre how there's been like, almost zero information. I've just been listening to like the uh, audio of the various um, interviews um, from all the players. And actually the last thing I'll say is uh, Igor, um, Igor, Ilya Sorokin. Um, he uh, had his first interview today with the team and all the media. And he, he spoke okay. English It was pr- surprising. Actually, he's been, you, he was able to answer all the questions in English, you know, not great, but, you know, he, he had some help with the <laughs> he, he obviously had some help from the his translator trying to translate some of the uh, the new local New York, uh, you know, uh, media guys because they, they can't speak, you know, slow enough, you know, for anybody that's like barely knows English. So um, that was interesting to watch. But uh, otherwise, you know, that's pretty much the week. I think we're everyone's ready to go and we'll talk about a little, a little more in the later of the show. Yeah, I think we're we're everybody's everybody's ready to go. Steve Devils. Uh, pretty big week for the Devils. Uh, Vatten uh, signed one year, two million dollars. Pretty surprising that they picked him back up. He was a solid player, but I feel like they had enough guys on the back end. I guess they're just looking for more depth. Um, he's expected to be a third pairing guy. Is he good in the weight? Is he good in the weight room? Is he good in the weight room? Is he going to show the young guys how to how that's, to work out and get just, ready? He's a gym only, rat. Only moronic organizations do stuff like that. Hey, uh, hey. big, obviously the big news this week, Brat signed finally two years, $5.5 million total. So a lot lower than I think what everybody thought he was going to get. And now he is also having his visa issues. No one. I get it. Okay. Not only that, obviously once he finally gets over here, he's got to wait the seven days and the four negative tests before he can get on the ice. <clears throat> the word going on Twitter is it might take 10 days for him to get a visa. Really? Yeah, yeah that's when I can get a Discover that, card so much faster. You should have got a MasterCard. Fuck. 
Can't they expedite there the shipping or something? Uh, yeah. Come on, okay. you had the MasterCard so, joke there. Moving on, the other approved. big news this week uh, was the players that uh, went on waivers uh, to get them onto the taxi squad. Uh, everybody on the Twitter's verse was surprised to see Nick Merkley's name on that list. Uh, who um, is Nick Merkley? Actually, Nick Merkley was one of the players that they acquired in the Taylor Hall deal to Arizona. Um, small forward you know, for bottom, the 76ers. No. <laughs> oh. Bottom six forward, played really well towards the end of last season, played really well overseas, and was having a really good camp. I think it was a very shrewd move by Fitzgerald to put him on waivers that day when everybody else went on waivers. Cause it was, you know, if you're going to take Nick Merkley, then you're not going to have a chance to get somebody else that's on that huge list of players if you wanted them. So he, he wound up passing through this more, uh, you know, finally, and, and looks like he's going to be on the taxi squad. Nick Merkley, Nick Merkley, Nick Merkley. You have to write that name down. Hoping he can be like our pests our pest player get in the face of everybody else like Miles Wood does to the Rangers. Fuck Miles Wood. But you don't even like Miles Wood. Like I, I know you don't like him. Maybe I'm going to start liking him because I, I know you don't like him. Apparently, the, he's the, the only team he plays against is the Rangers. Then, then, we're, then he's going to have a fucking great year this year. <laughs> well, see, there you have it. There you have, by the Eight way, Billy, you, he's going to have a great year. Billy, you were on fire tonight, by the way. Keep it up. I'm trying. Um, Steve, use that voice again. I can keep it up for a while longer. <laughs> Billy, please don't touch me back there. Oh, oh my God. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Super god. creepy. Oh my God. <laughs> We're going to need to put some kind of sticker on this thing. That, that's the, uh, that's the place where my bathing suit comes right? Every, so, Everything's explicit. Don't you worry. So, all right. so we're clear. We're all that's getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? That's the intro this week. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, don't know us. <laughs> wow. There goes all of your ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, seven of them are gone. And so it was an and episode how about seven the when New Nick York realized this podcast was not for him. <laughs> <laughs> how was the New York Rangers week? Um, it, all in all, they've had a very uneventful camp, which I think has been fantastic. Um uneventful because it was uneventful or uneventful because nobody was allowed well, to watch it because nobody was allowed to watch it and the rangers twitter is, is, again unacceptable the way they finished the, the two scrimmages oh no but they're having that big chat on the you know the day tomorrow. before you know tomorrow. the day the hour before the uh, game yeah, I right think they're doing it tomorrow um with the uh with jd and and uh and the coach and so we'll, we'll have that tomorrow for sure. So it's fun. Um, Mika Zibanejad was one of the players who did test positive for COVID. Um, he had all asymptomatic uh, things. He would never really felt ill. Um, and he's back and, and playing. It's a question mark whether he'll be ready for opening night or not. Um, but one of the things coming out was Buchnevich uh, had an amazing camp. And why wouldn't he? He's in a contract year. Kind of expect those guys who were in a contract year to, to have good years. He's one of those guys. Um, he's coming off his entry level deal. He had, he's on a bridge deal right now and, uh, he's, uh, restricted at the end of this year with arbitration rights. So I'm sure he's going to have a great year and a wonderful story. Keandre Miller makes the club, not only makes the club, but he's in the top four, uh, defense for the Rangers. They tried with Tony D'Angelo on the left-hand side. Um, 
that was a trial by fire and uh, it would turned out to be a dumpster fire and um, Keandre Miller stepped in and um, they, he and he and Truba appear to have some balance and we'll see when we, when we get started, um, whether that is true or not, but uh, very good story. Um, and again, very uneventful camp. Um, but how would we know, right? If not for the beat writers with uh, Vince and, uh, and Carp and uh, Colin Stevenson, we would have never have, have seen anything in camp. So to the beat writers, thank you very much for all the hard work that you did. We appreciate you. They never closed down the facility, right? No. After he tested positive? No, I think he tested positive when he f- initially got there, when they were doing those first um, – Okay. When they were doing, or actually when I probably in one of those first four tests, you had a pass when you came over from Europe. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming he was, uh, he failed during that time because they were very, they were very specific about him getting it, but they didn't provide a lot of details um, on the interview that I saw hmm. with him. But again, uneventful camp, just want to get things going. It's we we've had enough time talking about camp and even before there was a deal in hockey and now we're we're at the eve of the season let's get going game on season preview time uh for each team do it yeah who wants to start i'll start same order oh same same order order? okay all right who's next then billy where we preview are are we previewing where we think like all the uh everybody's gonna land in the division like like uh standings wise well, or are we just... those are those are predictions predictions for later just give a season preview of your team uh line combos uh who's gonna have a good year who's not gonna have a so good year what other interesting facts and bit how how much however you want to bitch and moan go for it all on right. the season so the Pittsburgh Penguins uh broke broke camp and and uh they've they've got their line combinations set um Based on what we were seeing uh, in the most recent practices, on the top line, you're going to have Crosby, uh, obviously, at center with Gensel and uh, Rodriguez. Now, Rodriguez, there to fill in uh, as long as Kapanen's out. Um, they do like Rodriguez. It's going to be nice for him to, to get a chance to see if he could gel right away with that line, but probably is not going to be there for too long. Um, the second line uh, is uh, Malkin with uh, uh, Zucker and Rust. Um, I really like this line combination. Uh, Based on you know the last few years, Malkin said guys skating on his wing like a Phil Kessel or, or something like that, that which uh, turned turned ugly quick. Um, Malkin is is uh, Malkin has his troubles uh, with his with his mental uh, approach to the game at times and makes some some piss poor mistakes. And um, he's got a couple of really good responsible linemates there with him that I think are going to have his back. Um, I'm hoping that keeps him maybe somewhere on the plus side of a plus minus, which would be a huge lift. For the Penguins overall, if if they have a second line that's that's not a minus, um, and then if if they can kind of keep him out of trouble, uh, and he can still contribute on the power play, then that makes the team uh, all that much better and and more effective uh, through the first two lines. Um, I, I so- saw an interview with with Malkin today on uh, the Penguins Twitter posted it, and um, he said he's 100. He's ready to go. He just again like everybody else just wants the season to get going but he said he's he feels like he's 100 percent and he's and he's excited about the season i think that's what you want to hear from him is that he's excited about the season and wants to get going oh yeah um and i've heard that exact same interview within the last five years so just you oh know, have you I mean, all right like i was trying to be <laughs> optimistic pal right every season they talk about how hard he worked in his off season and you know uh what he whatever he did in russia he's always back and healthy and ready to go and and you know 
and and yeah, he, to be fair, you know, last season he to be had, fair, to, to be, be fair, fair. <laughs> last season he he had a a, a tremendous first half, and and uh, you know whether it was injuries or fatigue catching up with him, I don't know if catches up with him because we never know what what happens to these players, what what their injuries truly are. But uh, yeah, it, it, it fell off, and so it's just a matter of we know he's a good player when he's when he's at hundred percent. How long is he going to stay at hundred percent? Then going into the third line, we've got uh, Jankowski between uh, McCann and uh, Tanev, and uh, that's there's some good. You know, Tanev's a good defensive player, like his like his grit there. McCann, uh, that, that's that's going to be a good little sandpapery kind of line um, with with uh, some ability to to put some bucks in the net there as well. Uh, and then the fourth line looking like Lafferty, Bluger, and Savoir for the for the start. And one of these guys will get to, displaced um, by Kapanen in his return. Somebody presumably on that third or fourth line. Not sure who just yet, but um, that with with Kapanen, that is their 13 players that are 13 forwards, I should say, that are on the roster. Um, going back to the defense, the 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 eight. There's eight defensemen on the roster. So your first pairing is Latang with Dumoulin. Should be more of the same from from those guys. Uh, Latang, you know, has, has been less effective, I think, offensively over the last couple of years. Great on the power play, but doesn't add as much uh, at, at regular strength, at even strength um, offensively as he used to. Um, but not so much of a defensive liability that he doesn't belong there on the first line. Is a guy who's who's had some of those kind of mental lapses like Malkin has at times too, but. Um, usually, usually holds it together enough to, to be a respectable first line pair guy. Um, second line is looking like Matheson and uh, uh, Marino, um, and then Pedersen and Cece on the third line, and then their death guys are going to be uh, UC Ricola and Chad Ruedel. Again, a couple of couple of veterans there in that role at this point. They've they've been they've been around a little while. Still fairly, I think is still fairly young. Uh, but they've both been playing that, that death role for a while. And, and in the season where well, defensemen get beat up anyway, but uh, with, with everything going on, you, you know, you got to figure that, that those depth guys are going to get a lot of playing time and um, having experienced guys back there is, is definitely a positive. They've played well in that role before. That brings us over to the, the taxi squad as it's defined right now. Um, so they've got three forwards, two, uh, three forwards, one defenseman and two goaltenders there. Uh, so uh, the guys on the Texas squad at forward are going to be Anthony Angelo, Frederick Goodrow, and Drew O'Connor. Drew O'Connor, I mentioned last week, they he really impressed in camp, and um, he's that New Jersey kid uh, who's who's going to be around. And and again, I think I think these guys on these um, taxi squads are going to figure to get a lot of playing time with with all that's been popping up around uh, with, with COVID and whatever else. Uh, I, you know, you got to figure you got to figure these guys are going to make their their debut sooner than later. In a season like this, uh, on defense is a, a kid they like a lot. Pierre Olivier Joseph um, saw him play in uh, Wilkes-Barre last uh, last season as well. Uh, was pretty impressed with what I saw. That was a one game sampling, but I thought he was in Scranton. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. And the goaltenders, there's a, they've got NHL veteran uh, Maxime Legacy uh, on their taxi squad uh, and their. Their fourth goalie uh, on the taxi squad is Alex Diorio, and um, the Diorio is spelled D apostrophe O R I O. And obviously, if it was O R E O, I'd have that jersey already. But I believe <laughs> unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, that's he's with an I. So uh, that's the Penguins out of camp, and 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 I think we'll talk a little bit later about where 
I might expect them to land in this in this division. But uh, uh, as far as the roster goes, you know, I I think uh, they did a good job with with the team that they put together this offseason. Um, you, you know that it's it's early for the approach of of burning it down and rebuilding based on a couple of disappointing playoff years. Um, there, I don't think there's any team out there that would shut the door uh, on having guys like. Crosby, Mulligan, and, and Latang driving this thing. Even if realistically it's too late for that cup window, um, it would it, it would seem a little bit rushed and uh, and probably would not go over well with the fans if if they really went full rebuild right now. So, based on that, based you know I I, I like the guys that they brought in. I I think Kapanen's going to fit in well with them, um, and uh, I I think they they have a solid shot at getting somewhere into the middle of the standings there uh, in this division. And uh, that's who's going to have a who's going to have a standout year for the Penguins this year. Uh, it's going to be Crosby again. I, I I think as Crosby's career progresses, he, he's going to prove to be uh, pretty ageless the way he uh, the way he keeps his his conditioning up. Um, it's it's always going to be a matter at this point of of how healthy he is overall. But uh, I think his on ice performance, uh, I, I, I think he's going to be one of those people that we we kind of admire for being kind of ageless. If, if he decides to, to hang on that long, it's really all up to, to him. But um, the, his, his vision and, uh, and his conditioning and his, especially in his lower body, uh, I, I think uh, is going to stand out. It makes, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Yarmir Yager in that, uh, in that sense. I mean, not that they played similarly at all, but, but just, uh, just the way he keeps himself uh, conditioned and, and does those squats and works that lower body. His legs are ridiculous. And, and I think that's what can make a player you know, be able to stick around long in this game, um, provided that he doesn't have any kind of serious injury. Who's who's not having a good year? Uh, Malkin, which is unfortunate because I just drafted him on my fantasy hockey team. He was like, he was still available at like pick number like 55. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess. Are you serious? Uh, yeah. In a 16 oh uh, league. I mean, he was just out there forever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to put him out of his misery and take him. He's going to give me some power play points. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, I'm just not that excited. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen him come to camp uh, raring to go uh, many times in the past. Um, sometimes, sometimes he's got a good start, but, but there's, always, there's always a point in the season lately that, that he hits a rut and, and he doesn't escape. So how soon will that be? Maybe he'll get through a short season without doing it. I don't know, maybe. But, you know, my expectation is always going to be that, that uh, you know, he's, he's going to do something silly out there and it's, and it's going to go downhill. I like the fact that you went on a limb for the guy who's going to do, have a good season is Crosby and the guy who's going to have a bad season is Malkin. So you went on a limb on both of them. Good job. I'm very, I'm very creative. I'm going real, real deep into the roster. These are deep cuts. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look, I, I, I think you, uh, I think you did a great job when you were talking about the roster. I'm, I'm excited to see the penguins lose, um, but <laughs> no, but um, wow. I, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, oh, what they have this year and but look they're they're a team that could go you know obviously one of two ways and uh we'll find out very early which team it's going to be for sure nick icelanders the icelanders are up um yeah so the unlike the penguins um islanders have not released the final roster um probably due to their ltir you know wasn't it shenanigans they're playing. it had to be submitted today at five o'clock didn't it well, if they did, they didn't uh, publish it. I mean, I've been looking. Not out there. Um, 
but nevertheless, uh, they, the lines from the, the, the last uh, practice uh, pretty much seem to be what they're going to be going with on, on opening night. Um, and so for the Isles, it's not really a big um, surprise on most of the lines. And most, it's really been the third line. It's been the, the big question marks where who's going to fit in uh, next to Pajo. Uh, and so we got uh, the first lines, Lee, Barzal, and Eberle. Um, Barzi is obviously signed, so that was never in question really um so there's no issue with him intact. there's no issue with him for thursday night he's gonna be ready to go yeah uh he took it first first practice he took a puck to the face or a stick to the face immediately um which is apparently his mo just takes things to the face uh <laughs> well we knew we knew Sticks. that we, amongst yeah. other things um yeah. but he also before he did that he scored on his first two shots of the scrimmage yeah. he scored two goals Scored two goals. He came out on fire. Um, he didn't. The team said he's the same old Barzi. Didn't seem to miss a beat. His, uh, you know, I think uh, he'll be fine this year. He's got to hit that consistency. And he, and part of the, the <clears throat> discussions around it were, you know, with the, the contract was that, you know, he's setting himself up to to really become a superstar in the league, as if he can be more consistent, if he can lessen the, the turnovers. And you know, make it make his game a more sound game every shift. He's a very good player in all aspects of the game. One of the best skaters in the league, but he's got to, you know, he's got to be able to to be more consistent on every single shift to be that guy. Um, so that's first line. Uh, Lee and Eberle, they were been playing with him last year. No no surprises there. Um, I'm hoping for a, a bounce back year for Barzi in terms of points. Um, hopefully did because he, he's playing the same guys and he knows the system. I don't think he'll have a lot of trouble getting, getting going. Um, and especially the first game being against the Rangers, it's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, I think it's gonna be a really interesting game. A lot of, a lot of uh, fire in that game, uh, from both sides. Um, I, I, I do too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and just, look, that top line with, with Lee and Eberly and Barzell, I mean, they're just, they're, they're a tough line for anybody to handle the speed, the grit. I mean, you got everything there. So that's a yep. tough line for any team to handle. Yep. The uh, third line, second line you have is the uh, killer B line. You got uh, Bovillier, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey. Um, one of my favorite lines we've have in the team, basically just, I think Bovillier is going to step up a hit another gear this year. Um, if he does, it's going to set up that line and the rest of the, um, the team for a real good, real good, uh, making teams have a real hard time dealing with uh, the four lines. Fourth line, I'll, skip, I'll get to right real quick. Martin, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, everyone knows what they do. Um, Sezikis being healthy is huge. Clutterbuck being healthy is huge. The question mark with that line will be how long can all three of them stay healthy? It hasn't been very, very, they haven't been able to stay together on the ice for many games uh, the last couple of years. So it's, it's, if they can stay together uh, all year um, or relatively all year, that's a big, a big deal. Hopefully Sezikis can, uh, He's more important to the line than, than the other two, in my opinion, just because he's he's a do-everything guy, but he still likes to hit and try to be physical. And, yeah, it's got him in trouble sometimes. So, with that said, the third line is a big one. Um, Pajot's going to be the center, obviously. You give a guy $5 million a year, he's, he's playing. <laughs> uh, the uh, other two guys, it looks like from camp, um, the, li- the line mates uh, looks like Bellows and Doc Cole are probably going to be the two guys that start at least game uh, first game. It's it's hard to say if they're going to change that up uh, for the opening night, but uh, talk 
Trotz was out there talking today that he thinks Bellows earned a spot for the first game and then alongside Pacho. Uh, I thought Bellows was really a candidate to take that spot, him and Lostrom. Uh, I didn't think both would make it, and Bellows looks like the guy that's taking it. I, I think it's too hard to play two rookies on a third line of a team that's trying to compete for a cup. I, I don't think you can do it unless they're even, – even, even if they're playing really well, two rookies is a lot to ask uh, for that line. So Bellows, and looks like Dal Cole is going to be on the other side. He'll pr- he might get switched out for Komarov. We'll see. Um, maybe maybe Johnson. I don't know. Uh, but those guys are just the fillers, essentially. So the defense is pretty much no changes. Pellick, Pollock, Letty Mayfield, um, Green and Dobson. Dobson being the rookie. Um, but that was never really in question, those six. That was pretty much – there was no changes going to be happening there. Varlamov and Sorkin um, – are not one A one B right now. It's going to be Varlamov is going to be riding the stick a little bit for the first probably a few games. Um, they're not sure when they're going to get Ilya in his, his first his first game yet. They're probably going to see if either most likely it'll be either Varlamov gets sh- you know shell shocked one game or just um, doesn't look good or whatever. Um, but it sounded like they want to give each guy kind of runs. It's kind of like what they did with. Um, Robin Leonard and um, and uh, and Grice when the two of them were when they say when they were coming in they both had, had like they play a couple games here and there get a little bit of rhythm switch back so it sounds like they're gonna start the season with Varley makes no makes plenty of sense to do that but it sounds like Sarkin's probably gonna get a good number of games too uh, and and so I was saying he's he's a guy I think that's gonna surprise a lot of people uh, but I think it won't come till the second half of the season when he starts to really get accustomed to smaller rank the new coaches two of the best goalie coaches in the world and they're making a lot of two weeks on him uh very quickly and that's the one thing he talked about was uh mitch corn and, and uh oh shit the other guy i'm forgetting his name but uh they basically would he was talking about these small small tweaks to uh to his game that he normally doesn't really spend as much time on and um those things are what have pushed all the goalies uh since trots has been here and mitch corn has been here um, to like an upper echelon, you know, pushing them to top goalie t- goalies in the league. Um, so that's uh, look, looking good. Taxi squad, um, you know, it, it's hard to say. It looks like Komarov, uh, Johnson, uh, the guys are just going to fill in the third, third, fourth line spots. Uh, maybe uh, Andrew Ladd. I don't know if he's going to be buried or not. For defense, it looks like uh, Hick, Thomas Hickey and probably Sebastian Ajo as the two other maybe defenseman i'm not sure they're like i said they haven't really they haven't put a thing out there that says these guys are definitely the guys on there they waved a bunch of players they can come up they can come down schneider's probably the goal they're gonna keep on the tax squad and that's pretty much it i think you said lad, lad is healthy right lad is healthy yeah he's healthy but uh he's he just talking. doesn't fit into the plans of the islanders and what they're doing now they've been you know it's i think the problem is he they he could play, but I I don't think he's he's not even in the top you know bunch of stuff here. I think he's he's done. You know, I think they're gonna bury him. You know, they're trying to get him. Uh, they're probably gonna do something like LTIR fraud with him like next year. Likely, if they can't get rid of his contract, they're gonna figure out something to get around the cap with with uh, with Vlad. Vlad's injuries are you know. Talk to the doctor, give him some phantom back problem or something. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not really the way that this is being handled. It feels like a uh, they're going to bury him completely. But that's it, what it is, you know? because the way you were describing the three lines, he doesn't fit anywhere on this lineup. 
I, I, it, no. it's hard. It's hard to even put him into this lineup on the fourth line because you're not taking Martin or Sasekis or Clutterbuck out of the lineup just to put an Andrew Ladd to play at fourth line minutes. You're not doing it. Yeah. So the the, the spots that'll be filled or changed are the third line spots with Pajo, and that's going to be with injuries and and um, you know trying different spots out. You know, Komarov will probably come in. Um, they'll probably put Johnson in for like the Ranger games here, and like after maybe your second or third game. I think you're going to see a lot more of those guys in maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth games of all these series. I mean, these are going to get nasty, I think. I think because you're going to see these guys like too much. So I think you're going to start seeing <clears throat> those kind of guys coming in later in the season. You know, that's not where – and that's not Lad. That's not Bruiser. He can't come in and do anything about it. You, you might so, want to rethink that and put him into those games so yeah, he does get hurt get him goes hurt. on LTIR. <laughs> get him, get him hurt. hurt as quick as you can. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't know if I'd do that. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. There's some other guys. What do you think the, what do you think the goalie breakdown percentage of game wise is going to be at the I end of the year? I think it's going to be, uh, probably, you know, four, what, three, uh, what quarter of the game. I think, you know, quarter of the games to Sorkin to Sorkin yeah, I think quarter. Okay. I think that's, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say it could be like a 60, 40 split, but maybe that's like a best case scenario. If, if, uh, if he hits the ground running, I, I think yeah. he's going to struggle with maybe a couple games, but not like struggle, struggle, but like he's not going to hit his stride until, you know, he gets some, some until the second yeah. half. He's been with the team for the, like, you know, since last year in the bubble uh, practicing and just kind of hanging out and, you know, learning. Things. So he's getting comfortable, but he hasn't really played in NHL games. They only tape on him yeah. in, in the, um, the smaller rink. And so kind of what they're talking about is he needs to get, they get a couple of those games in they'll see a little more about his game and how it translates better to the, you know, and what they need to work on. So I think, I think you'll see some of those flaws happen in a couple of games early and then they'll work on it. And by the end of the season, you know, I think he'll start to really be a real, real, be a real asset to the team. I mean, I hope it's earlier, but you know, I think he's going to have uh, he might struggle a little early depending on how it goes. Standout player for the Islanders this year. Who's, who's, who's the guy. I want to say Pajo, honestly, I think he's the, the biggest thing against Pajo being the standout is that his line mates are going to be kind of rotating likely unless Bellows really sticks the spot. Well, unless he I finds he, chemistry when he finds chemistry with yeah. those guys, I'm sure they're going to keep him in the lineup. Yeah. And, and they could move guys around in the second and third lines. They've done it before. Um, even the first and second, sometimes trots will move things around. Um, but uh, I think Pajo and uh, I think Pellick is going to just shine again. I mean, the guy's good. He's, he's the reason, uh, if he's not, if he's not healthy, we're, we're dead. But if you say he, he's our top defenseman, even though the shine part of, about it is, you know, you don't notice him until you look at the stats and you look at, or look at the, 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 the other team stats. You look at like who he was playing against and how they did. And then when you see those guys start hitting a black hole, then you start to notice, Hey, this guy's, uh, he's doing pretty good his job. And, um, so I think that's, those are the guys, I think in the, the reverse, I think Yeah, you either, can't say Andrew Ladd. You can't say Ladd. You gotta go to a different player. <laughs> yeah. I I've been pretty vocal that Doc Cole I think is is probably I'd rather see him off the roster just because uh, I don't think his game translates well for the team. I think his uh speed is not there and he just doesn't have the work ethic to get him is skating to a position where he's good enough um to deal with. I think he's a he's okay third, fourth liner, but I think he's gonna be even worse with Pajot and Bellows flying around the, the rink 
um, personally, but uh, we'll see. I think him and um, as much as I hate to say it, I think I think Bailey might might struggle a little bit. Just maybe he hits a little bit of a, some of that. Him or him or Lee could hit some some time. Where they just don't aren't producing. Those are my guesses. I think they're all going to do pretty well. Honestly, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty good uh, pretty good year for the Isles. Uh, Cap friendly has Komarov listed as a right wing, left wing, and center. So what 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 is his true position? <laughs> Uh, he plays anywhere they, they tell him to play. Forward, that right? Actually. He's yeah. a forward. forward. He's a forward. He's a, so he's you can probably see him positions. taking some time away from Dal Cole, probably even though he was waived and all that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Komarov is waived because they were, you know, if anybody will take him, they tried trading and they couldn't move him. Um, he's, it's just the cap hit. That's the yeah. problem. He's extremely versatile, but he doesn't have a real true role in the team other than fill-in. And he's a $3 million a year fill-in, which is, well, if you have the, the the money for it, that's great. But we don't, and he doesn't fit on the fourth line with our fourth line. That's the major he, issue. Other also, he also has a modified no trade, by the way, too. Seventeen he, no trade. Yeah, I, that's I, the rough. problem. That's rough. Problem. <laughs> I don't think that's the problem as much as it is that no one wants to take the money of any. No, but it's not helping. It's not helping the situation help either. <laughs> sure. No, sure. not at I all. Yeah, <laughs> for but, sure not. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. We'll see what the and there's also there's other kid uh, Timishov who apparently still hasn't signed as an RFA. Uh, we traded for him for like uh, not much um, from De- with to Detroit. He was going to be a basically a similar guy to Komarov, playing a couple of different spots in that third role potentially. But I think the problem there is that he hasn't signed because of the cap issues, and um, he was practicing early, but then he stopped practicing the team. So either contract or they didn't announce an injury, but you figure they would have announced the injury by now. So unless they have a, a last minute, the, you know, signing at, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know when they can even eligibly when the last minute they can even do that. Or if it's, if there's any, I'm not sure if there's anything after five o'clock rosters locked in. I'm not sure if there was some sort of window afterwards or whatnot, but he could call, he'd come in maybe a little bit later. Maybe it's uh, some reason why he's not signed. Uh, that they didn't talk about yet. You know, as much as I love talking about the Islanders, um, one name that I really thought you were going to say is Oliver Wallstrom, and you haven't said his name yet. I mean, oh yeah, you know what? I didn't actually. So, so Wallstrom, he the problem I think I mentioned earlier was that um, Bellows and Wallstrom were both kind of going for the same spot. Um, they played different positions on the wing, but the problem is I don't think they could have really put both guys on that line at the same time and comfortably because of the way that they've, they've set the lines up, even if you moved him, switched him and Bailey around, um, I, got, I don't think it's worked out. I think they looked at him and said, he's close, but you know, maybe, he, maybe he needs a little more time. He did miss some time when he was playing off. Uh, he did have an injury. He missed some of the, um, the extra time he was playing in December. Um, so November, December time frame, he missed, he hit a nasty shoulder injury. But even with that, I think it's just that it's, it's a game of inches here. And they're like, well, you know, let's, we want to look at Bellows right now. So I don't see that he could definitely come up and play um, during the year. I just don't know but if it's going to give be... him top line in Bridgeport as opposed to third line in New York. Well, it's not that it's, does he sit on the taxi squad? I mean, oh, maybe, no. you know what I mean? So that's the problem. I think he's going to go to the bridge and they'll, they'll call him up when, if you know, when they can. So I think there, that's also the consideration is like, if you keep Bellows on the team, you know, I don't, I don't know how the if he's waiver eligible or or eligible or well, not. No, they're they're on but, entry level contracts, so they don't have they don't they don't eat waivers. Yeah, yeah. 
but they're going to give him this the shot at least and see. And then they can always put them down, but to the the first line. But when do you remember when the HL starts? February fifth. Yeah, so they got some time. I mean, it's yeah, not and like, I would imagine they're, they're going to start much. for the age. They're going to have to do a ten day camp. Soon, camp. Right? Yeah, they're yeah. going to have to yeah, do a camp. It's not for super sure. long, but at least for the intermediate time. But uh, well, you know, and one I think one other thing that was announced this week is that with the OHL, WHL not really starting up, they're going to allow those kids to play in the AHL this no. year. Not Only. they got they got to officially cancel. No, OHL the the CHL's got to have those leagues officially cancel their season before those guys are allowed to play in the AHL. I thought that was a done deal already. No. Okay, maybe some I of those that leagues then. are going to start up are hoping to start up again at the end of February. Okay, then I won't talk about it. Please don't. But what we will talk <laughs> about, unfortunately, is the Devils season preview. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. So really, this preview could be a tale of two different teams because with Heischer being hurt and not starting the season and Brat having his issues with what, his... What are, what are his issues? He's got visa issues. And Vatanen also having visa issues. Oh my God, they really should just sign up for American Express at this point. I mean, I could give yeah, you a lineup... Worse credit than Evander Kane. God. <laughs> what is there, what is there... Oh, man. <laughs> What is their credit score? 480? Oh. My God. Hey, so it's my SAT score. Back off. <laughs> I could give you the opening night roster, but it's going to be different than the team that we see seven games into the season. So I'm just well, going to go with the long they term. Haven't, they haven't published a, a roster yet either, have they? They haven't published an official, an official roster yet, no. But I would just go off of lines that they've used in practice to, to develop a, a, a line scheme. Sure. So it looks like Hughes is going to center Gusev and Palmieri as the uh, the quote-unquote top line, which I think is going to be outstanding for Jack Hughes. He played all last season and didn't have many good complementary players on his wings. He had Simmons for a long period of time on his wing. So that'll just tell you the, the talent that he was playing alongside last year. So having a, a scorer like Palmieri and a playmaker like Gusev on his wings is going to be really big, plus – those 14 extra pounds are going to come in handy. He's winning a lot more faceoffs in camp. Not that he's going up against, you know, a top talent, but the fact that he's doing well in camp on, on his faceoffs is, is a step in the right direction. Uh, he's sure uh, center in the second line with Brat and Andreas Johansson as his wings. It's going to be interesting seeing how Johansson makes the transition from Toronto to New Jersey. I don't remember seeing him. Like, I don't remember much about him when he was playing with Toronto. Apparently he was playing on the third uh, with, with Austin Matthews. I mean, if you're playing with a player like Austin Matthews, you got to be pretty fucking good, right? So would, we'll see. So. We'll see. Then we got Zajac centering Zach and Wood. That's a really interesting lineup. You got two defensive-minded players with Wood, who's just going to skate in a straight line as fast as he can up and down the rink. And then Boquist centering Kukokinen and Sharon Govich for the all-European fourth line. I really got to see something from Boquist this year to to – consider him a player on the team long-term um Sharon Govich was really playing well over at the KHL so hopefully he can keep that up and then that leaves players like uh Nathan Bastion and I think Nick Merkley on the uh the taxi squad as forwards on defense they're gonna have Subban and Murray Ty Smith and Severson and then Vatanen and Butcher and I think they're also gonna have two defensemen on their taxi squad Carrick and Kulikov I think Tennyson's bound for the AHL they keep trying him in the lineup but I don't think he's got the skill to play in the NHL, which brings me 
to an issue that I left out during our weekend review, and that was the untimely retirement of Corey Crawford. Was there any reasons for it or was it just personal? That's personal it. reasons is all they've gave, given out. A lot of rumors flying around. One is that he had a friend who had concussion issues and contracted COVID, and the COVID symptoms were elevated even higher because of the concussion issues. So I think maybe he was worried that if he played this season, he was more susceptible to catching COVID because of all the travel and stuff. And because he does have some concussion issues, he was worried about his health. Serious considerations that he was putting in because of COVID. Yeah, well, you can't fault him for any of that. Yeah. So that bumped Wedge Scott Wedgwood up to be the backup goalie. Now, they just picked up Eric Comrie off of waivers, which I guess would then send Wedgwood to the, to the taxi squad. Because if, if Comrie doesn't make the NHL roster, he's got to go back on waivers. Right, so in they, order to be assigned to the taxi squad. In order to be on the taxi squad. So they could play yes. the game and put him on waivers and see if anybody takes him if they want Wedgwood as the backup. I think maybe there was an agreement with Wedgwood made that, hey, you're going to be on the taxi squad, and I don't, I, maybe he doesn't want to play the NHL minutes. I don't know. He's getting up there in age. Maybe he just wants to ride out you know, the contract. He's 28 years old. He's getting up there in age. Is he really? Only 28? <laughs> yeah. I feel Jesus like he was Christ. with the Devils 10 years ago. I think it was AJ. <laughs> Crazy. Was he? Was it? Wait, hold on. He was with Albany in 2012, 2013. So eight years. Wow. I'm going on nine. So there you have it. 20, so he was 20 years. I, I, th- I thought he was older when he, when he made his debut with the Devils. Nope. Well, good for him. Just trying to play that contract out. Just playing the contract out so he can get to a retirement age. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> player that i really am excited to watch this year obviously is jack hughes i hope i hope we start to see him turn into the player he's going to be long term especially with gusev and paul mary gusev is another player that i'm really looking forward to watching this year if he doesn't take that step forward i could see him being traded by the trade deadline if he does take that step forward i could possibly see paul mary being traded by the trade deadline well is that not too not too much defensive prowess on that line no, they're definitely Those going guys. to be a run and gun team. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. So especially oh, yeah. with the system, this the system Lindy Ruff is instituting, where he's he wants one defenseman to join the rush or join the the offensive play at all times. So I definitely think they're going to be a feast or famine team. Yeah, outscore them as yeah. much as you can. And uh, for my player who I don't think is going to live up to expectations, it's going to be Jesper Bratt. I just think the the contract holdout, the visa issues and the delay in getting him into the lineup is really he's just never going to catch his bearings and miles and miles wood didn't like each other this week huh they made up <laughs> after the game you know just a little they called it a sibling rivalry sibling rivalry because they're teammates no 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 i, I, I sibling I, rivalry i i get it i get it nick did you ask something that i stepped on as usual yeah i was gonna ask what um what was, was it two million a year for, two million uh, for, for Vatanen? Brat, Brat, Brat was a two two years at five point five. Oh, I mis- mixed them up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Five point five. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I thought then, it was um, going to be in the three five range. So to get him for under so... three is is outstanding. And then you said um, Jack Hughes. I think last week you said he put on like put on 15 14 pounds. Fourteen pounds. Yeah. In the three hundred and ten days between games, he put on fourteen pounds of muscle, and and I think. Like Bill said with Crosby, I think it was a lot of it's in that lower half 
hopefully to help him win those battles on the boards and stay on his feet yeah. and not get knocked off the puck so easily. Yeah. I mean, like the first year Tavares, he, he couldn't stay on his feet. He was yeah. just blown over by everybody. And it wasn't until next year he actually was able to stand. And then the third year, is, then when the third really year could... is when he really made the step forward. He, his skating was a huge problem. I mean, they really undersold how badly his skating was. Oh, okay. It took him a couple of years to really get – you have to do a lot of power skating drills to get through, you know, just the, the bad habits he developed. But once he got – but the, the third year was really, you know, it really kicked in. Now, I don't know how bad – I don't know if oh, exactly – no, I mean, you can only take so much from a scrimmage, but Jack Hughes was just mm. flying around the ice during, good. during the three scrimmages I watched. Well, and that's he, a big difference. You he know, played cause... those games as if they were real games, too. You could see the fire yeah. that he had. You know, he made one bad pass, and you heard you heard him just scream fuck and slam the door on the bench when he went back. And then those guys, if, if you got if you can skate real well, and you know, that's that's a huge leg yeah. in the NHL. You know, so maybe for him it's, it'll be this year because – he gets used to the, everything, take puts that, on extra weight, right? Get used to the the bigger bodies and how the game works, and you know that I I can see it. I can definitely see it happening if he if he's got the skating ability. Training all off season against his two brothers probably helped him a lot. You know, they're both both they're both defense they're both defensemen, yeah. right? You got and let Luke is you know he's expected to be a top ten pick. So fingers crossed. No Ranger Land. <laughs> no. Hey, well, before we get into the uh, Ranger season preview. So I saw the Penguins and the Devils, they both played on their arena ice in at least one exhibition game or scrimmage. Islanders played strictly at their training center, as yeah. did the Rangers. They didn't skate at the Garden at all. So I'm hoping tomorrow's practice and the and Thursday's morning skate will both be at the Garden so that they get used to the ice and all that other stuff. So I hope that happens. Would they um, ever do a morning skate at the practice facility and then have a game? Uh, have they done that they, in the past? They, they have done that in the past. What really? obviously for home games, yeah. Huh. So uh, for for the Rangers, I mean their their lineup to me on paper in the beginning of the year with all the hype is is pretty stacked. Um, you know your your first line with Zibanejad, Kreider, and Buchnevich, uh or one A if you want to call them. I think Kreider's going to have another good year. I don't know if Mika's going to have the same year that he had last year. If he does, then uh, he's on his way for a, uh, a very large contract. Not that he's not already, but Buchnevich is probably one of the bigger question marks on that line. If he has the year, like the training camp he had, then I think they're in really, really good shape. But if he doesn't, you can see him get demoted down to, you know, third, even maybe fourth line minutes with some of those other guys moving up and some and some line juggling going on. So I think Buchnevich is that kind of question mark on the, at least that first line. Um, but the other guys on that line, you know, you know what you're getting with Zaman Jed, you know what you're getting with Kreider. Second line or, or the the other 1A, you get Strom Panarin in, in Kako. Not very defensive minded is this uh, is this line sort of like the Hughes line, um, but you're going to get a lot of talent, a lot of speed, and a lot of hockey smarts here. Kako on this line, I don't know necessarily that he does fit on that line, but they're going to give it a shot, and I I love the fact that they're going to start that way. You got you got balance, you got attacking speed. What you don't really have on that line is defense. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. The third line with Phil Heedle, Alexei Lafreniere, and. Gautier, um, I, I like this line size. Lafreniere has been hitting a lot. He uh, he shoulder checked Hayek in in practice yesterday, and if he hits guys like that in real games, I'll be pretty happy just to see him playing on the board. And he scored a really nice goal, you know, albeit in a scrimmage. 
but it's still nice. And it's good that he's developing chemistry with Heedle and Gauthier. I kind of like also that he's starting on the third line as opposed to plugging him in on the top two lines. It takes, to me, takes kind of the pressure off him a little bit and that all the focus is going to be on the Zibanejad line, the Panarin line, and he can kind of fall into his groove a little bit and hopefully develop into what everybody's saying he's going to be. Fourth line, you got Howden, Centerin, Lemieux, and um, either Rooney or Phil DiGiuseppe. I think DiGiuseppe is going to get the start there with Rooney being kind of that uh, that 13th forward and in and out of the lineup, uh, depending upon games. I think he'll, we'll see some time in the first two games, but I think he, Rooney and DiGiuseppe are going to kind of give a cycle. Defense, uh, and, and, but look, I love these line combinations to start. Are they going to stick? Probably not, um, but... Uh, I think on paper, I think they're really, really good to start. On defense, you have uh, Keandre Miller starting with Jacob Truba. Uh, Miller, who made the club with a great camp, who, as uh, David Quinn called him, a praying mantis in camp. I think that's a good term. We'll see how well that he and Truba balance each other out. But um, he said Truba has taken him under his wing. So we'll we'll see how everything works. I think they're a better fit with each other as opposed to D'Angelo and Truba, by the way. I know we were talking about balancing last week and offensive versus defensive minded, but I think Miller's going to be that defensive presence to have Truba have the freedom a little bit to do what he wants to do. And, and for that type of money, give Truba the freedom that he needs. Your second uh, defense uh, pairing with Lindgren and Fox. Uh, these are two rookies that are coming back for their sophomore season, and I hope they don't suffer from the sophomore slump. I hope they're they are just as good as they were in the first year, if not better. So all signs are indicating that they are uh, they that they certainly have improved. The third defensive pair is where you're going to have the struggle. You have Jack Johnson with Tony D'Angelo. I don't know what we're going to get out of that pair. Uh, you, you got Brendan Smith Controversy. in there. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, if you're going <laughs> to, they're going to be out there against the other team's top forwards. <laughs> Hopefully uh, Igor or Georgie can, uh, can stop the pucks, multiple pucks and swallow them. Thoughts um, and prayers. So, thoughts and prayers is right. So, I mean, but look, I'm my, Jack Johnson's my odds on favorite for first goal of the year, by the way. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. He did score the first goal of, of training camp. Let's see if he can carry that on. Mark Stahl scored the first goal for last year. So it did come from a defenseman in goal. If Shesterkin lives up to the hype and what he did last year with Georgie as his backup, I mean, give me a better tandem in the East. You can't I, in, in tandem. You, I, I don't, I don't hey. I wouldn't, I, don't, limit I, don't, it to, I wouldn't limit it to the East. But I don't know on the island that you have something that yet because we don't know what Sorkin's going to be. He yep. very well may be that guy. Very well may Maybe. be that. And and that's the conversation that we have. But Maybe at the end of the year. But I think it, you're right. Yeah. Start the year, for sure. Uh, again, on paper. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Exactly. And, and, and what Quinn said is, listen, we don't have a starting goaltender yet. Whoever's got the hot hand is going to play. Georgie's had a great camp. Igor's had a great camp. So this is all pointing in the proper direction. So let's see where it takes us. The guys who I think are going to be standout guys this year. I, I've, I've been saying it all off season that I think Heedle's got to be the guy who takes the step in the next, the next step. He's only 22, 20, 23 years old. He's, this is his, I think this is his fourth season with the Rangers. <laughs> believe that he started with, I mean, I can't believe he's been on the team this long, but I think he's got to take that step. And I think Gauthier and, and Lafreniere are the, are the wings to at least get him there. And even if you bring Buchnevich back a line and put Lafreniere on that, on that first line with Mika and Chris Kreider, I still think Buchnevich will have at least will give Heedle the opportunity 
to score goals, be a playmaker that he that he needs to be in this year. This is a huge year for Heedle. It is a contract year for him, and it's just a huge question mark year for him whether he's going to take that next step and we can look to trade Reinstrom. The player who who I think is not going to have a, such a good year, I think still is Buchnevich. I think Buchnevich is a guy who you're going to see trading deadline be traded um even if the rangers are kind of in the hunt a little bit i think he's going to fall back a little bit and i think he's going to be that guy who is who's going to get moved either at the deadline this year or sometime in the offseason because they are coming up to the point where they don't have room for lafreniere on the first two lines and that's got to change that is going to change um i don't think that they're going to move kako i because he's still way too young he's only 19 years old this year Buchnevich is that guy who is restricted free agent with arbitration rights, who's who should get a uh, a salary increase this year, and is a guy who they're going to be looking to move and replace with some guy who can play the third line next year for about half of his salary, so they can invest the other money in maybe more defensemen because that's looks to me again this is all on paper where they're going to need to look next year for at least that that third pair defensive line but you also have young kids who might be ready to step up and take that place with Lindquist and uh, Matthew Robertson um, so we don't know what's going to happen all and, and see what's going to happen but I can say that Heedle's going to have the breakout year which never just going to fall back and eventually get traded did you mention That's- a tax taxi squad okay so. Yeah, just yeah, I, I think I missed that before I went into the into the two players. Taxi squad, you got Morgan Barron, who did have a good camp and who was kind of battling uh Brett Howden for that fourth line center role. Uh Barron's still on his entry level contract. Howden's another guy who's on the last year of his entry level contact. So contract. So it will be very interesting to see what you get out of him. He took Mika's spot in between Buchnevich and Kreider uh for the uh the two scrimmages while Mika was out and that line dominated. So I'm not saying it's because of Howden was their centerman, but they didn't skip a beat with, with Howden as their centerman and not having Zibanejad there. So he Howden certainly earned the spot over Baron Benetetto, um, black, you know, Blackwell more than I would know him, Steve. He played with the devils last year, right? Blackwell. Blackwell. Yeah. I don't know a lot about this guy. Uh, I thought he was a devil last year. I could be sorely mistaken uh rooney no no yeah was it rooney maybe i'm thinking yeah he was a nashville predator i'm sorry about that Uh, i'm i I think i am thinking about rooney and kincaid uh kincaid's going to be the the goaltender uh we i I think we kind of knew that and he's also going to be the guy they're going to expose in the expansion draft hayek uh you know hayek was was the one of the one of the key pieces he was the guy that the rangers had to have in the deal for for Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. And he's just never really blossomed into the player that they thought. They gave him the opportunity at the beginning of last season to play with Truba. It just never worked out and he got hurt. So it's it was, unfortunately it, it hasn't really worked out for him, but he's still going to see time. I mean, you got Jack Johnson and and uh, Tony D'Angelo as your third line defenseman. I think Hayek is going to get some time to play here. Uh, Matthew Robertson as well, uh, entry-level kid um, who unfortunately could not play for Team USA this year for for COVID reasons, will also get time somewhere in there. So there's there's a Rangers season preview. Lots of excitement, um, lots of hype on paper. Really good team. Do you think D'Angelo finishes this season with the team? Oh, boy. Um. If they're in the playoffs, he does, and they trade him in the offseason. Uh, if they're out of the playoffs, they trade him. And then one other question. You were very happy that they were going to protect Lafreniere by putting him on the third line. Yeah. 
to start. Absolutely. But you're fine with Keandre Miller being your top hair defenseman. <laughs> um, because yeah, of what because you saw in the bubble? Well, what yes, they saw in the bubble? But what they saw in the bubble and his camp this year. And plus, he's not a number one overall pick. He doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of pressure on him. You're a rookie playing in a top pairing role. You got pressure. Yeah, but I, I don't I, care I, where I, you're drafted. But, but to start, I think Lindgren and Fox are the top pair defensemen and the shutdown guys. And Miller and Truba are your kind of your second line guys, your second okay. D pairing. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a good argument. But again, Andre Miller is not a number one overall draft pick who has a ton of pressure on him to perform right away like Lafreniere does. Not as young as Lafreniere either. Agreed. Yeah, I'd say they're similar and different being, but they're both going to be in in the limelight for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. Well, I'm looking, I'm just happy that D'Angelo's not with Truba because that was a, uh, they got lit up in the first scrimmage as a defensive pair. And right then and there, they got broken up. They were in, in fact, they were in different groups <laughs> in camp <laughs> after that happened. So it was, it was certainly a nightmare for sure. So those are our season previews for our teams. Uh, so I think we're going to finish up by doing some predictions and let's, let's start with the East. Please, um, please. The uh, mass mutual. The, East. I'm sorry. Sorry. My bad, Billy, the mass mutual, right? Mass mutual Eastern division. That's so our, yes, that's our, that's our sponsor. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start off. I'm going to take us all the way to who that the order that they're going to finish and how they're going to, how the playoffs are going to, filter out for the east the rest of the divisions don't really care about all that much i'm going to give you the order plus the top team who's going to make it out of the division to the final four of the nhl and then we'll get into um conference champions and and eventually stanley cup champions so let's start in the east first i have i have the i have the flyers fuck the flyers fuck the flyers welcome finishing first in the east i have the islanders finishing second because of their goaltender because of their balance Uh oh Breeze up. Oh That's no. There's only two teams going to make the playoffs teams. in the East. That's <laughs> we can only pay for two. I have the Rangers. Did I really, fr- you I can hear up. everybody. Can, yeah. am, I, am I back? Am I back? Yeah, back. You froze about back. 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Back. 30 minutes ago. I have to start <laughs> my season preview again, but I heard you asking me all these questions. Um, so Islanders, number two, the Rangers, number three, Boston, number four, Pittsburgh, five, Washington, six, there's my surprise. New Jersey, number seven. Buffalo, number eight. I just don't think Washington has the goaltending to do anything in, 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 the, uh, in the East this year. And I think Chara is a gigantic bust on the back end playing with them. So I have uh, four teams making the playoffs. I have Philly versus Boston, 1-4 matchup. And I have Islanders-Rangers in the first round. So That'd be I have, glorious. I have, the, uh, I have the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the uh, Flyers. Moving on past past Boston and sadly I have the Islanders in a seven game se- series uh, beating the Rangers in seven uh, as they're kind of learning curve. Did you freeze again? Oh freeze no. again. So, so you have the, uh, the, the Islanders. Wait, wait, while he's frozen, while he's frozen, raise your hand. If you're surprised, he's got the Rangers making the playoffs this year. <laughs> I just want to know. You I just froze know there, buddy. should. Yeah, What's your I prediction know, for you the should... score of Game Seven? I have Who's no going to get the game-winning goal? I, I don't. Know. I mean, but, you're going to go immense detail. The, I just the fly- just wondering how this all played out. The fly- Flyers come out. Uh, they beat the Islanders, and the Flyers are the team that comes out of the East. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Wow. Fuck the Flyers. Do you want me to continue? 
Or do you want me to well, let you no, let's, all, let's, do, let's do these. Let's do these. Let's do the East. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So I yeah. got Fuck the Flyers coming out. Uh, yep. I want to see what you guys have for the East. Go for it. All right. Well, um, when I started looking at the East, you know, uh, I four teams popped out uh, to me that have a chance to be in first place. Um, so to me, those are the four teams that I guess I'm picking to, uh, to go to the playoffs. And the four teams that I think could finish in first place are the uh, – the Bruins, the Capitals, the Flyers, and the Islanders. Uh, so out of those four teams, uh, yeah, I, I unfortunately, uh, I think I agree with Tom that the, that the Flyers are going to come out of the East. I think uh, – Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck I, the Flyers. It seems primed to be uh, to be their year to, to, to take that step. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't – that's those four teams aren't necessarily – obviously they're not – I'm not sure that those four teams are going to be the top four teams. It's just that those are the four teams that I feel like have a chance to, to win the division. So uh, that's just kind of how it fell for me. I mean, but you look, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if any team in this division makes the playoffs in a, in a shortened season. I, I think every team in this division has flaws uh, and, uh, and things could kind of snowball on them. I'd be surprised if New Jersey makes the playoffs. I'm not just I, saying that so we can rag on Steve. Or even Buffalo, for that matter. I'd I'd be pretty surprised if either one of those guys made the playoffs. I think yeah. I think the consensus is it's a six a six team race for four spots. Absolutely. I'm leaning that way myself, but you know, all Buffalo and Jersey in a shortened season need to to make the jump is to get their defense straightened out. Or or you know, just a hot Blackwood or, or steals yeah, or hot, you know steals eight or ten sure. games, and there's exactly. the there's the difference. And, and so I'm not saying they're not going to be they're not going to be competitive on a, on a daily basis because I think they're going to be very competitive. I just don't think that they're going to come out of the games as, yeah. as on the winning end. And I think you know the, the Penguins, uh, you know that I think looking back at last season makes an interesting case for the Penguins because when you look at last season for the Penguins, they looked to all the world like a like an actual contender, like a, not not a favorite but a contender in the Stanley Cup race uh, until Game 59, and in Game 59. It fell off the edge of a cliff for them. And uh, so this season, it's only 56 games. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> if, if, it, if history repeats itself a bit for them, maybe, maybe they will have enough staying power to, to make it in the playoffs. They, they haven't challenged for first place. The last time they finished in first place was 2014. They're not going to challenge for first place in this division. But um, if, if they hold off that, that kind of uh, drop off, then, then they might take one of those places. And obviously, I think the Rangers, you know, they're – uh, I, I just I'm just interested to wait to see if the Rangers can develop that that top end talent. You know the the Shesterkin and and Lafreniere and Kako. I mean uh, the upside there is tremendous, um, but they're not they're not a great franchise for developing high end talent. I mean I, I agree with you. The last twenty years. Who, who can it. tell? Who can tell? They always trade them away. But but listen, Billy, these are not your New York Rangers. This is not the organization you used to root for. This is a completely different organization with JD and Drury. And I mean, look, it's just a different regime. And I think David Quinn is the the right guy in the right situation. Do exactly just that. I hope you're right. But is it different? (laughs) It's different for sure. But is it, is it going to be any better? That's what, I mean, that they got to prove it. Uh, so that that's what I think is going to happen in the East. But at least you're not trading these guys away for guys who are way prime. At least you're giving them the opportunity to produce and, and to see what you what you are, and they're not trading freaking Tony Monte for freaking Brian Noonan. If you run it down, you got Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, Miller, and Shosturkin. Those five. If you hit on three of those five, you got an outstanding. You got an outstanding team. 
I got a five team race. I think you guys know who teams eight and seven are. Yeah. No, who? I'm well aware. Move on to six. <laughs> six is, uh, unfortunately for Tom, I, I think the Rangers are going to be that sixth team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to get. It's a uh, very popular spot for them. Yes. I think they're. I think their their lack of defense, cohesion, and just you know relying on their goaltending and not having. I think that's going to be the, the the downplay downfall for them this year because a lot of people have said it. It's not just you know the team like our teams. I'm sure every team is looking at this way. Is every game is a playoff game? They're all four point swings. They're all they're only playing their teams in their division, and they're just every game is going to be you're, eight times you're playing these teams. I mean it's. It's a lot of games. Every intense game is going to have a big impact. And then that means I think they're going to play more defensively, more like playoff games. And I think that's going to hurt the teams that don't have that defensive depth and that, and that play that defensive style, especially in this, in this division where you have, you know, four or five, I think Pitts, Pittsburgh's on the, the cusp. I think, I think Billy's right. Like <laughs> they could fall apart at the end. They could, they could make it. I don't know. It's hard to say. And I think the Boston, you know, Bruins are, are going to be, they have a lot of question marks, but I think they're still going to be fine. Obviously I think the Isles, they made to the, I think their biggest problem is, is going to be their health. Staying healthy is going to be, was a major key last year. And we came back to the playoffs in the bubble healthy and we made a run, but guys like Zizekas and, and Pellick were, are extremely important to the team. If they're not healthy, then it, it's going to be rough. Um, and that you can say it for any team, I think, you know, that, that's going to be, there's no Tampa Bay in this in this division, so every team's going to be, I think, in that same kind of boat. I don't think anybody's super deep. Maybe Philly a little bit more than maybe than a couple other teams in this division, but that's my feeling. I think uh, I think Washington'll be interesting to watch too. I think I think uh, that that team's always dangerous, and even though I think they're slowly, just like the Penguins, slowly coming off their their prime years, uh, and this could be the year they finally drop off. I feel like we say that every year, and then they just they just do fine. So who um, are the four? So yeah, I have uh, the Flyers, Isles, Boston, and uh, and Washington as the four teams. But Billy had the same teams as me, um, right? You have Pittsburgh yeah. on the yeah. Sure I think that's the most the most likely, but you could switch Pittsburgh in. I think with any one of those teams, and if there's a surprise, I think Buffalo is going to surprise early. I think they're going to rack up a bunch of points early and they just get smoked later in the season. That's my feeling, though. Yeah, they've done Steven? that before too. Yeah. Well, so, well, who, who, well, who's your pick to come out of the East? I think it's the Isles, honestly. I think that they, if they can stay healthy, I think they they have a good matchup against the Flyers. And while it went to Game Seven last, you know, last season, they um, with the they should have they should have put them out earlier. And to be honest, I think they're they're a better team. But um, again, health is a big important part of it. There's not going to be that that big gap of uh, the the bubble um, between the playoffs and the free regular season, and you're going to have to. Be ready to go. So there's like a full 80 game season. Think of it that way, right? Like 56 games plus another 20 something games. Uh, so yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch. So, so we'll two see. Phillies and an Islander. I think so. You Homer. So I <laughs> I obviously have the same two bottom teams, New Jersey and Buffalo. I've got similar top teams in Philadelphia and Boston, and then my middle four. And I think I think. Between the four, it's going to be a six to eight point difference from three from from third well, place to six. Less place. than that. It's it's going to be close. Yeah, I so think it's going to be less than that. I got uh, I got Washington third, Pittsburgh four, Islanders five, Rangers six. Maybe I'm just you know the guy who makes the prediction based on historical results, but I I just think 
the deep run by the Islanders, I don't think they're going to stay healthy all season. So I do think they're going to take a step back. I think the Rangers are a team on the rise, but they're not there yet. I think Washington and, and Pittsburgh, even though they're the, you know, the traditional mainstays in the playoffs, I think that experience is going to, is going to get them to those third, to the third and fourth spot. And I also have Philly coming out of Fuck the, the Flyers. Mass Fuck the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. Yeah. So real quick, uh, the Honda Western Division. Tom, um, who you got? I have. I mean, I mean, Colorado's gonna can can sleep and not play McKinnon the entire year and come out of that and, and walk, walk away. away. Walk and, away. And, and and Bill, no one's gonna even put up a contest. You don't think Vegas? Yeah. Is Bill gonna put Honda them West. You don't no. think they're gonna compete? No. Maybe right. well, maybe maybe in the playoffs, but. Not in the regular season. They're just going to cakewalk through it. I, I agree with Colorado being the top dog there, but I, I think Vegas will give them problems. So uh, anybody else? West, I got the. Um, so it, it is what it's the Honda division in the West. The Honda yeah. Western it's, Division. Yes. Well, the Honda is the official sponsor, but the, this is the uh, this is the Evander Kane lock of the week uh, of the, oof, from the oof. San Jose Sharks. That... Uh, not that they're going to win. No, it's going to be the Avalanche. Yeah, the Avalanche are taking the West. Well, given given Evander Kane's history, if he says it's going to happen, then put all your money on Vegas. <laughs> the Scotia Bank North Division, Tom. Wait, wait, who who do you have coming out of the West? Did you say Colorado? Yeah, was Colorado like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a no brainer. Okay. Yeah, uh, or who, Colorados. Wow. Who would you say? Uh, Scotia North. I got uh, Toronto. Uh, I have Van. Well, look, I think Vancouver I think it's going to be the two of them. I think it's yeah, going to be Toronto and Vancouver, but I think Toronto's uh, going to come out. I have Vancouver coming out of there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna say Toronto. I think it is gonna be between those two. It, it's gonna be the young up and coming team or the or the more veteran team. And and I think in this case, the more veteran team is gonna gonna hold on to take the division. I'm gonna go with Winnipeg. I'm gonna go on the limb here. Wow, Patrick, the team Lene. everybody's trying to leave. Patrick Lee <laughs> right. is gonna score 56 goals in 56 games, and they're wow. gonna go right to the playoffs. And then wow, lose. What is Connor? Straight. What is Connor gonna do? He's gonna he's be that a, guy. He's gonna be overrated. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> write that write that write that prediction down patrick line a 56 and 56 we got to send that to freezing cold takes oh man that would be awesome i think uh patrick line is gonna uh do pretty well though i think he's gonna come out and 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 prove people that he's a he's a good player i think him and i think they're gonna surprise people but in fact they, they did a good run last year why not why not have them i think toronto's a bunch of fucking maple leaves anyway whatever screw maple leaves uh um, you know, like the flyers they can't figure out that goaltending actually wins in this league it, def- yeah yeah i'll i don't care i think i'm they're, not a they're freddie anderson too. guy at all uh, i'm not either but you know toronto's i think they're overrated uh, vancouver uh is a good team for sure i think the those three will be the the top three and maybe even ottawa Ottawa could really push they've been really updating that no. roster no you could who knows yeah, i don't they think push for the first overall pick listen no. There's only there's only three teams that don't make it in that in that division. Yes, and Ottawa so, is going to be the last of them. Right. <laughs> um, and and the NHL would be very mad at us with all the Visa Mastercard talk we've had. Nobody has ever mentioned why isn't he using a Discover card to get into the United States. <laughs> so what about the Discover Central Division? I got Dallas. You got Dallas. I got Dallas. I, you again, got Dallas. Maybe it's Co- the Dallas COVID stars. Maybe it's maybe it's again that same. I'm falling victim it's, to what they did last year, listen, but they're smart. They they went and got everybody out COVID now. So right. that yeah, no, I, I during the season they'll have you. nobody out. They will be <laughs> missing nobody all season. And we didn't talk about that as a factor all much here. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, the 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 league was really good about it. I know 
when our, we were having a ch- chat about it on the on text and how NHL's really done pretty amazing job, except for the the Dallas Stars. But uh, yeah, that's now's when the, be... now's when the trouble can start, though. Now you're going to start <laughs> yeah. traveling. Now's when the issues are going to arise. <laughs> they're going to they're going to be coughing all over uh, Tampa Bay every time they play them in, in Carolina and try to keep them from uh, keep winning the division. <laughs> so so who do you have, Nick? You have I Dallas too. Come on, you have Tampa. No. Tampa. Oh, Billy? I don't have the same question. Well, I got to take a minute here, right? Because you got you got Dallas, you got the two Stanley Cup challengers uh, from last season in the division, and and uh, there's a there's a guy I know who's actually trying to. He wants to get on our podcast, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. There's a guy I know who was telling me, you know, he's he wants to pick Dallas because, uh, you know, uh, Tampa Tampa doesn't have Kucherov for the season, uh, and Dallas was real competitive with them, you know, uh, in the finals last year, and and he thinks that Dallas. Um, is going to find their way uh, in the first place and, and out of the division there. But um, the guy I was talking to is Mike Milbury. He's looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I, everything that he says is wrong. So I'm going to go with Tampa. I think, uh, you know, with, with Kucherov, I, obviously Kucherov's a loss, but I think that's such a great team. That's that they're so deep. They're, they're not ready to fall off yet. And, and I think they could absorb that, especially, I mean, who knows what you're going to get from Stamkos, but, but I, uh, you know, you, you're replacing one superstar with another, uh, yeah. at least for the time being, and uh, and and I think Vasilevsky it might be all they need, honestly. Uh, so I, I think uh, I'm liking Tampa to come out of there. Yeah, the guy who lives in Tampa, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say this. Carolina's coming out of that division. Been You've been saying it for time. weeks. You have been Carolina saying it for Hurricanes. weeks. Yeah, I, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't pick them. So um, the four I have: Philly, Vancouver, Carolina, Colorado. I have Philly beating Vancouver, Colorado beating Philly, and I have the Colorado Avalanche raising Lord Stanley's Cup. I've got Colorado beating Toronto. Wow. Philly Philly beating Dallas. So Colorado-Philly final and Colorado winning. Whoa, look at us. Look at us. Who thought we'd be here? Not me. I, I did. Not, not me. I, I set an alarm to be here every week. <laughs> do you really set an alarm? Of course I do. Oh, my God. You just fucking just don't know that's tuesday night we record our podcast yeah, i'd fuck i if i didn't have an alarm i'd forget about you fuckers <laughs> all right nice. jesus all right Christ. uh nick i guess i'll go i got uh let's see i got the aisle oh i got the aisles in our division right so aisles yeah. uh losing tampa i think tampa's gonna beat us again i think tampa's too good uh in the east and then the west i got colorado over winnipeg and i think it's going to be a, just a repeat. I don't know. I think Colorado's really good. I think they're a better matchup than Dallas was this year. I think with uh, Devin Taves and, you know, I think there's some small tweaks to their team. They could definitely push them, but Tampa's too good, man. I don't know. I, that team just well, – they're the same team. If they're if – they're, I don't see them falling off enough to, to just not be that same dominant team. Barring any injuries, barring COVID. I mean, that's why they guys. re-signed Pat Maroon. They figured anywhere that guarantee, guy, anywhere that guy goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Anywhere that guy goes, he's like Justin Williams. Yeah. All right. So I guess I got uh, the Flyers playing against the Lightning, and I'd like the Lightning to beat the Flyers good. Fuck the Flyers. Fuck, Fuck the, the Flyers. Flyers. Um, Fuck the Flyers. And so my other series would be uh, Colorado and Toronto, and obviously a Canadian team's not going to advance. Uh, Colorado <laughs> wins that. Um, and so we get a finals between Colorado and Tampa, and, and you know – Nobody's really said, you know, they, everybody's been saying Kucherov's going to miss the regular season. They're leaving that window open for the guy to return, you know, for the playoffs. I think that might be a bit much. Uh, 
either way, I, I think I'm liking Tampa and their experience. I think Colorado gets there, gets a taste of what what needs to be done, but I don't think they get I don't think they get to the holy uh, to the holy grail this year. So two and two, two and two, two guys picked the exact same Stanley Cup Finals. The other two picked the exact same Stanley Cup Finals. They exhibit the same. Unbelievable. Look at you guys, did we rehearse this? Why we planned it out? Holy hey, shit! On paper, it's really easy, but oh, you absolutely. Know, it, 20 games in this could uh, we could all be throwing these things out the window yeah right no yeah. Doubt. yeah it could be ottawa ottawa buffalo in the finals yeah yeah there's always a team man actually such a good a good point i think i think who's this the te- surprise team of the year mm. surprise team of the year um i i want to say the rangers but again i go back to that trust issue of can do they really develop their their top end talent i you know, if, if it's real, if there's really a new sheriff in town in New York, it could be the Rangers. I don't know if it's a surprise, but I'm going to say the Florida Panthers. Don't say the Florida Panthers. I'm saying the yeah. Florida Panthers. Every year somebody says the Florida Panthers. I'm, well, I, well, I'm going to be the guy this year that says the Florida Panthers. I mean, geez, I, had go- the fucking, I had the Rangers finishing third in the East. So, I mean, are they my pick? Probably. But if it's not going to be them, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan, I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going to go with Iowa Senators. They're going to push teams. Be better than they expect it to be. Who knows? Like they picked that that step on deal and and you know a couple other guys that they got as as more defensive roles and and for that veteran leadership for those young guys. I think it's going to do them a world of good. But I still think they're still finishing seven in the north. And, and I'm going to say New Jersey. That's a fair one. Jersey could surprise. They're still going to finish six, but they're going to be competitive in game, you know, 45. Well, then how is this a surprise? Because nobody really expects them to be comp- that Look, competitive. I, that I, expect the them, I expect them to be competitive in every single game. Not, no, not if you haven't finished sixth. I, 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 look, mean, I didn't say they were going to win any of those games, but I have them at least being competitive. I don't know. You're, you're such a fucking homer. <laughs> hey, if they if they if they just miss the playoffs, that's I think that'll be a pretty good pretty good story. But I don't know because it's a it's a it's a tough division. It's, it's, it, yeah, yeah it's, and again, like like Tom said earlier, it's not that every not it's, it's not like it's great teams. It's just everybody is in that same spot, that same position. Yeah, it's all very similar rosters. Yeah, and that and that and look, this is the last time we have to say on paper. This is the last time we have to say predictions because the NHL starts tomorrow night. We can't wait. Starts Billy. with the Flyers, Penguins. Fuck the Billy. Flyers. Billy, will you tuck me in? The Flyers. Billy, will you tuck me in tonight? By the way, I will. By the way, Tom, the yeah. uh, the Knicks play tomorrow night. So I don't think the uh, they play at home tomorrow night. I don't think the, oh, the I don't think they're have, yeah. yeah. So, so they have to the wait till the morning time. skate. Fuck. Sounds like it. So both teams will be on that for a fresh of ice. Hopefully, it's, yeah. Uh, so that that ice is gonna be real good shape that first night, boy. Yeah. <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for us uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at friends underscore rivals on facebook at friends and rivals youtube friends and rivals don't forget to subscribe click comment and share that's right uh all those at the same time subscribe on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast don't forget to subscribe there and even give us a rating because it does really help out our show billy play us out oh